Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Sick. Into it. But yeah, I was supposed to go to Paris. I'm so jealous. I'm sorry. I mean, envious. What is this? Season <laughs> six, part two. Oh, nothing. Never mind. I was just like, what are all these CDs? <laughs> uh, they're the actual DVDs of Sex in the City. Oh my god, this is so cute. Isn't that like the most archaic, cute thing as possible? And I we lo- only have one more episode before. We don't have to ever use it again. It's almost like we need a DVD player just to do it right. No. Did you ever use these DVDs? Um, so this was gifted to the podcast. Um, by who? By my friend Susan. How sweet of Susan. Who has the greatest lost episode of all time. Um, it just deleted itself once we were finished oh. recording. Um, but Ooh. yeah, she was moving. She gave that to us. She said, I'm not going to use it anymore. So as you can tell, there's some that were missing that were replaced by my copies. Oh, Sex that's in the funny. City. So that that's technically a full thing. Maybe some of it is not. I think we ended up like going to people's houses and then sometimes we would use the CDs if they didn't have access to like HBO. Right. Um, so I think that that is like legitimately scattered to the winds. Like there's a couple of uh, missing DVDs in there, so we do not have the complete set. Oh, it's the end of an era. It is the beginning of the end of an era. So we are on season six B, episode seven, an American Girl in Paris, part one. I know. The synopsis is before going to Paris. Miss Bradshaw has one last dinner with Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda. Later, the girls agree that Big should go and find Carrie in Paris, which, thank fucking God. Oh, my goodness. Oof. Yeah. It went really quickly for being one of the last episodes. Yeah. It felt very fast. Yeah. It was really, really quick because there wasn't really anything that they, like, talked about or were intrigued by or something like that. You know, it was just odd. Um, So, yeah, so the girls are meeting. Um, She's listening to her messages. Miranda's saying, hey, don't go to Paris. Also, our dinner reservations are for 6 because you have to be at the airport at 9, which makes us senior citizens. Thank you. And can I just ask right off the bat, what is it with East Coast people and eating really late? I don't know. I intermittent fast, so I try to eat dinner by, like, 6.30 the latest. But that's just me. I just don't like eating and then going directly to bed. Oh, me either. You're not supposed to do that. No. But, like, every East Coast thing that I've ever seen, like, I would joke about that all the time when we were rewatching Spider-Man because Gwen Stacy would always be like, hey, come over to our house for dinner. We're going to eat at 8. And I'm like, why are you eating at 8? You're supposed to be, like, wrapping it up and, like, getting ready for bed at 8 and, like, just chilling out unless it's a friday night and that's a different story but like on a tuesday what are you doing at 8 p.m that is kind of late yeah but apparently everyone eats later because 6 p.m is senior citizen time according to miranda maybe it's a cocktail hour thing maybe they have to have drinks from like six to eight and then they eat at eight when their livers are desperate for food that's entirely possible when i was 
Sex and the Citying it up in Vegas, my friends and I would go out every single Friday night, go to happy hours until we were yeah, too yeah. drunk to function, and then we would go... Kind of sober up with some food. Yeah, we would go over and, like, grab a cheeseburger from somewhere or something that also had a happy hour that we took advantage of. How we did not get... How none of us got a DUI is beyond me. How you made it to dinner sounds pretty impressive to me, period. Well, you just do it on the strip, right? So you park on the strip, you drink, you walk around, you shop until you're hungry, you eat, you sober up, you go home. Like, you never have to really drive anywhere until you're ready. That's true. Most places we would just... Like, we would usually go to Plant Hollywood, and there are, like, restaurants there. Mm. And then we would just walk around and shop until we were hungry, go to another restaurant, eat, leave. I want to shop till I drop. That sounds like so much fun. You would think so, but it's really not. And I have really... I have horrible, like remembrances of that mall too because that is the one that is a full mile if you walk all the way around it yeah the miracle mile shops um and there was one time when i was trying desperately to lose weight because i didn't realize that i had hypothyroidism at the time um and started taking caffeine pills shut up I didn't know they were caffeine pills. I thought they were just regular diet pills. But once I looked at the ingredients, I was like, oh, I'm just taking an obscene amount of caffeine. That's all that this is. You didn't see that episode of Jesse Spano, like, <laughs> overdosing on caffeine pills on Saved by the Bell? No, I didn't. But I also, again, don't have an addictive personality. So I took them um, and went to that mall to pick up something. And I was, I thought I was walking at normal speed, thought everything was fine. And you were like running? One of the, yeah, one of those people in like the little booths in the center were like, ma'am, would you like to try our blah, blah, blah. And I turned around to be like, no, thank you. And he was like feet behind me. And I was like, what what the fuck just happened? I was like, wasn't he just talking to me? That is so weird. And like once I like came down from it and had a huge caffeine headache, I was like, oh, oh, never mind. I'm not doing this again. And I flush the rest of the pills oh good jesse spano <laughs> should have flushed the rest of the pills yeah i definitely was not a fan of that um but anyway uh they're eating early uh she deletes yet another uh voice what do they even like call it back then they're not voicemails because voicemails are for cell phones a message on the a message machine. an answering machine message yeah oh my gosh oh i had to go so far back for that in my brain that took me a second i was like what is it called so there's another answering machine message from big saying hey don't know why you're ignoring me what the fuck? Um, she deletes it pretty easily, too. She deletes it really easily. Like, I'm actually kind of impressed. I was like, wow. I don't know that I would be that callous about anybody, let alone the person who was supposed to be the love of my life. Well, yeah, I talk about a weird timing. Like, this is the moment when you start cutting him off. Right. Alexander Petrovsky, last seven episodes to date, has not been very good to you. No, he hasn't. And it's And why are you moving to Paris? Like, ugh indefinitely and quitting your job she's so lucky that they held her job for her like spoiler alert she doesn't stay in paris but like i she's very lucky because you know that she's not getting any residuals off her book at this point it's in the bargain bin oh poor thing (laughs) poor thing 
Um, But yeah, yeah, she is. So he big is waiting outside of her door when she goes to have dinner with the girls. Talk about being caught. Checks the voicemail, deletes it, steps out the building, and then bam. Yeah. And she doesn't even feel bad about it. I'd be embarrassed. She's not even really that embarrassed. She's just like, oh, hi, what do you want? And she's just like, can we talk for a minute while I'm late at the lunch with the girls? It's six. What? (laughs) Talk about a move. I really liked it. He was... Did I do something wrong? We tried to get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about you when I got my angioplasty and yeah. I miss us. And then she's just and she's, she's kind of she's, being a cold-hearted bitch. She's dead inside. She was just like, nope. And she's elusive about being about moving to Paris. And when he asks her what the hell is going on, she loses her shit on him. Not allowed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like that's rude. And he he literally seems like he wants to work things out. I can get on a certain level, though, about how there's always that one dude that, like, knows when you just broke up with somebody. That's or You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if there is a technical term for that, but that is a thing that fucking happens almost every single time. Yeah, it's called childish. <laughs> it's that moment where, like, your cousin comes over and plays with your toy, and the kid's like, no, I want to play with the toy. No, motherfucker, you don't play with this toy. <laughs> you just want it now because someone else got it. Also, talk about timing. But, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is, like, how would he even know? Oh, yeah, he didn't. Like, he didn't, but it always seems to happen like that where people come out of the woodwork. It was fate. When, you know, when you're either really, really happy or you've just broken up with somebody. Ugh. It seems to happen every single time. But they have a pretty big fight on the street. Um, and she very, very, very forcefully says... You can't you know, jerk me around. This says, yeah, you can't keep jerking me around like this. It's not different this time. It's been six years of not being different. Fuck you. We're done. And forget my number. Forget my name. I know. You can keep coming to the street if you want to because I don't live here anymore. Jesus Christ. A lot of hostility for somebody who doesn't care. Yes. And then... Well, that's for later in the episode. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, gosh. What yeah. a scene. So she leaves. She goes to um, dinner with the girls. And, oh, it, it's so... This one, this for me is like the saddest part of the entire series. Is that she was like, I kept thinking like, what would happen if I never met you guys? I know. And I'm like, ugh. What a mood. Like, that's so desperately sad, but also, like, really sweet and inspirational. Because, like, yeah, guys come and go, and they're fun and everything, but, like, I don't know what I would do without my friends. Yeah, and the girls are crying, getting tearful. Miranda, true to nature, is still telling her not to go. Yeah, because she's the smart one. Um, but she's going to go. So she does. Um... Samantha makes this offhand comment. She was like, I think that I'm getting going into early menopause because of this chemo. Yeah. And she's like, all right, well, that does it. I guess that's <laughs> that that breaks the mood. Thank you so much, Samantha. Um, but man, like, it's true, though. Like, I know that chemo causes a lot of hot flashes. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, um, yes, it does. <laughs> oh, my God. The sweat fits I used to have. Ooh, dreadful thing. Yeah, I had 
it's not to the degree obviously that chemo is but that's a lot of like the hypo the hypo stuff too like it just got to freezing last night like for the first time this year and i was out on the patio because i was just hot Oh, were you? Yeah, like prickly heat hot. You know what I mean? Like where like where you're sitting down or where you're laying down is like getting itchy and like sweaty and stuff. So I was I was literally standing out in 19 degree weather cooling off because of hypothyroidism. I was like, this is garbage. So I get it. I fully understand where Samantha is coming from. Um, I love this episode for Samantha too. Yes. I love how... So she's tasked with writing a speech for a benefit for breast um, cancer yeah for a benefit for breast cancer which is really nice she's like quit having the cookies here they're really annoying they're like yes they are really annoying but people donate them so we're having the cookies yeah <laughs> which i thought was really really funny so she does her speech for smith jared and he's like wow that is boring hun and she's like, no, it's inspirational. I know PR. I know that it's going to be great. And he was like, mm, I know AA. And the people who make an impression are the ones that are real. Mm-hmm. And that's what ends up happening is that she's sweating her balls off doing this speech. Yes. Finally says, you know what? Fuck it. The woman is me. I am that woman. It's so hot. Like... If you're going through the same hot flash as I am, you deserve a fucking medal. Rips off her wig. Gets a standing ovation. Yeah, and people start clapping and other people start taking off their wigs and I'm crying. Ugh. It was so, like, it was such an actual real moment, which is so rare mm-hmm. in this entire series. Um, but I love that. And I love that Smith Jarrett is there, like... Being the supportive boyfriend yeah, that he is. Yeah, being so supportive. What a muffin. It was, darling. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes. One of my favorite scenes before I got diagnosed with cancer, no less. Well, it's a good scene. Yeah, it is. It's a good scene. I mean, I feel like cancer is so prevalent. I know at least people... Like, like, I've known at least four or five people that I can think of offhand that have had cancer. Some form or another of cancer. I don't think that it... Like, it touches everybody, especially now. Oh, I know. Maybe not as far back as then, but, like, now it's definitely one of those things where, like, when you told me you had cancer, I was just like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) It sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't suck, but I'm also not, like, weirded out by it. It's not unusual to me, which is also sad. Yeah. What a weird thing to normalize, huh? Right. It's a thing. You are very right about that. But, yes, for Samantha... Great show. Love the support from Smith Jared, as usual. Mm-hmm. She kept it real. She did. She kept it real, and I loved it. Um, so Carrie gets to Paris. She doesn't speak French, which uh, is exactly what happens in Darren Starr's new show on Netflix, Emily in Paris, where she moves to Paris having not spoken the language. I haven't seen... I watched, like, the first 10 minutes of it. It's not... Kind of boring. It's not good. It is not good. It does every trope that it possibly can do for Paris, 
while at the same time making us ugly Americans seem even more ugly. Oh, is it that bad? It's, I think it's terrible. Oh, thank God I stopped watching it. Yeah, I don't, I really, really, really disliked it. But that's just me. Um, But yeah, I hate people that go to a country that don't know at least enough of the language to get by. Oh, I think it happens. I know. It absolutely happens. I just think it's garbage. Like, I would never go to Paris right now because I don't know enough French to get by. If I learned enough French to get by, then I would go to Paris. Oh, no. I'd go to Paris anyways. I mean, there's lots of people that would go to Paris anyways, and I totally get that. I'm just not one of them. Yeah. Like, I just could not be that person. You could never travel anywhere that doesn't speak English then. That, I mean, there's plenty of cool places, though. There's England, there's Ireland, there's Scotland, there's New Zealand, there's Australia, there's Uh, England. I said England already, didn't I? I don't know. But there's lots of places. I don't necessarily want to go to the places where they don't speak English. Like, I don't have a draw to to do that. So, if I ever did, though, I would learn the basics of the language first. Hmm. But I'm also garbage at language, so I will probably just never go there. That's just how it is. Um, But, yeah, she goes there, uh, walks into their hotel, and meets up with Petrovsky, who is, like, canoodling with someone. So, at first, you're like, whoa, all right. So, he's already cheating on her. Cool. Um, She walks up, and he was like, oh, hello, this is my daughter, Chloe. And I'm immediately like, ooh, okay. That's so bizarre. I saw that, and I was like, oh, gosh. (laughs) There is, I cannot for the life of me remember, but there was a a movie a long time ago, I think it was called Swimming Pool, that had this French girl in it that reminds me exactly of um, his daughter. Oh no, I have no idea what that is. And I forget her name, but she also, in that live action Peter Pan back in the day, um, she was Tinkerbell too. And I feel like her name was also Chloe, but I could just be, like, smooshing it up in my head. But totally the epitome of, like, young French. And what a Early bitch. 2000s. She hated Carrie. That was very much clearer. She did. She hated Carrie, but, like, what's to like? <laughs> like, she's not... She's coming into her country thinking that she can live there without knowing the language... So that's sort of the other thing, too. Like, if you're going and you're sticking to the touristy areas and you're obviously there on vacation, that's one thing. If you're coming to stay indefinitely, learn the fucking language. Maybe over time. She's not going to get it by osmosis. I'm just saying. She's not paying attention and she doesn't care. It's full immersion. She'll get it eventually. Well, (laughs) not that she stays. Spoiler alert. Um, Lundvig Segnir, I think, is, uh, is how to pronounce that girl's name but yeah there there was just a movie called swimming pool where she just like hung out at this neighbor's swimming pool and just uh seduced people like she was great uh i loved her (laughs) um but yeah so anyway yeah daughter does not like carrie um and they basically lead her out of spending time with them she's awkward and says you know oh no that's fine i'll go and unpack and he says i have this thing at the gallery but then i will it's you know it's early so i'll come and get you and we'll go to dinner and 
she falls asleep in her couture on the bed because his thing goes long. He's not very, like... Attentive at all. He's not very apologetic when he gets back. And she does... She is sort of to blame as well because she has a do not disturb on the hotel phone. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't get a hold of her. So he did try to call. Yeah, but then he's unattentive like the rest of the episode. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying for this particular instance, like he's not quite the dick. But he gets there because he still said that he was going to meet her and didn't. And that's kind of frustrating. So... Um, she goes to Dior and takes the biggest of tumbles. Like, I... She probably just threw herself on the ground. I sincerely hope that that was a stunt double, quite honestly. Because that would not have been done well at all. Do you think Dior would have put something on their marble floors? My God. I mean, I feel like it's... I mean... And this is, again, like an American being completely ignorant of other countries. But I feel like in Europe, it's very much like a, you know what? If you don't know that the floor is going to be slippery when it's wet outside, you deserve to fall. Maybe. Like, there's, it's way less, like, attention-grabbing, prominent American, I'm going to sue you kind of a thing over there, from what I can understand. Um, but, yeah, she's Bills and Dior. Max is out her credit card there. Um, Alex is, like, hilariously understandable. It's weird. Um, he was just like, well, you, you have you found one credit card. Uh, and then she realizes that she has lost her carry necklace. The necklace that she's maybe worn once, like, or twice. I don't this whole series. Where it came from. I think that that was just what the deal was at the time. Like, everybody was getting necklaces with their names on it. Sure. And so I think they might have even made it up. Like, it's entirely possible that she never wore a carry necklace. And I'm just misremembering. Um, Talk about a dog tag. Yeah. Who wears a necklace with their own name? Uh, it seems a little... It's like getting a tattoo with your own name. Like, are you going to forget? And you're doing that to remember... What's the deal? I bet 2020 Carrie Bradshaw also likes her own Facebook statuses. Oh, that is the equivalent now, isn't it? I guess. My goodness. What, like, what is the actual, like, technology term for somebody who likes their own Facebook statuses? Is that just a classic, classic narcissist? Or is that something else, in your professional opinion? Um, a psychopath. A psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from the board. Yeah. <laughs> that is so great. Um, so she's upset about the carry necklace. For some reason, she doesn't call Miranda from the hotel. She goes in the street and uses a calling card, which I was like, wow. Remember calling cards? Remember calling people collect? And, like, yelling out the message that you needed to tell them really quickly in where you're supposed to be saying your name so that they get the message. And then you hang up and you don't actually complete the call. Yeah. What a time. It was wild. Those things were expensive, too. They really, really were. I remember them. The only time that I ever used a calling card 
um, was when I was visiting my friend, because it was before uh, cell phones, I was visiting my friend in college uh, from San Francisco, and I was taking the Greyhound from here to San Francisco. And so I went, uh, when we were up at Donner Pass, like at a breaking point, I went and I used the last of my money on my calling card to call my mom, tell her where we were so that she knew when to pick me up. And then I walked out to the Greyhound pulling away after I'd used the last of my calling card. Shut up. (laughs) It was dramatic. And of course it was the middle of winter. So there's ice all over the road. So I am running after this Greyhound bus slipping and sliding all over the snow and the ice and the dirt and luckily somebody in the back saw me and told them to stop shut up what luck i know i was so fucking lucky because i was going to be stuck at donner pass for potentially the rest of my life (laughs) like i was traumatized but i finally made it back but that was the last time i used a calling card i was like nope these are too sketchy i don't like them um but yeah, so they get hung up on, obviously. Uh, but Miranda is like, would you just come home? Like, you're miserable. You sound miserable. And she does. She's like, I've been to all of the museums. I've been shopping. Like, she's done everything solo, which is rough, especially in a new city. I don't know. I would have had the time of my life in Paris. After a week, I would have been ready to go home. Yeah. Because you really can't go anywhere or do anything. You don't get to do anything as a couple, even though you came to be part as a couple, part of a couple. So it's like, ugh, I don't know. It's kind, of, it's a bummer. And she says to Miranda, I "Promise you won't hold this against me when everything is fine." I keep thinking about how it would be different if I was here with Big. Mm. Which don't we always do that to ourselves? Like I feel like I do. Or if I'm not having a good time, my brain automatically goes to, well, you would have had a good time with so-and-so. Hmm. That might be a girl thing. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that applied to me. I love it. Randy's looking at me like, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) Oh, Miranda, Um, Miranda. Yeah. So the Russian gives her a necklace. Oh, yeah. Uh, to not to replace the like he says this isn't a carry necklace but it is a necklace for carry and it's gorgeous it's what kind of diamonds is it the briolette cut diamonds gorgeous i just those those necklaces just remind me of the cheap shit that we would buy in the early 2000s oh gosh they're so pretty i don't (laughs) think they'd buy me diamonds i mean i'm sure petrovsky would call me call me so cute (laughs) Um, so he gets her this beautiful necklace. Mm, yeah, puts it on her and then, um. Continues to ignore her. And and then, yeah, his friend comes and they start talking in French. And she feels left out again, which is quite the bummer. And then we have Charlotte, who is, um, working on adoption Yes. And Harry's really, really cute about it. And he's just like, this is a lot. Like, it's annoying. And she was like, no, we're going to work really hard. It's, you know, God will bring us a baby. It's our job to fill out all of this paperwork and to work as hard as we can. 
Yeah. Which is very optimistic of her and a really yeah. nice way to, like, put it. And what a bunch of freaking trouble to have to go through to adopt a child. There are so many kids who need a home. Yeah. I don't know why they make it as hard as they do. I don't either, actually. But they do make it really difficult. It's annoying. Yeah, it's too annoying. Like, it's easier just to foster kids forever than it is to adopt them. No wonder people kidnap children. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> kidding. That's so funny. So there's an un- Unsolved Mysteries. Um, Netflix just came out with, like, a new round of Unsolved Mysteries. And one of them was about that, about how, like, two kids got stolen um, from New York City in, like, the, like, 80s or early 90s. And how one of them got found. Oh, God. Like, found herself, basically. Oh, God. Because um, she had to have a birth certificate, and so she took her birth certificate in, and they're like, this is fake. This is a fake birth certificate. And she was like, wait, what? And then she found out that she wasn't who she thought she was. Her mom had stolen her from her real mom. Now, that's dramatic. Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Charlotte's doing adoption. Uh, Carrie wrote a, rep- a recommendation for her. Uh, and left it at her apartment. So Carrie went to get her mail, which she's getting a hell of a lot of mail for somebody who might not ever come back. Oh, I know. I saw that. Like, it's a huge pile of mail. <laughs> and um, so she picked, picks up Carrie's recommendations, looks over at her bed, and Carrie has left her laptop, which, I'm sorry, this is yet another example of she's not a real writer. That is kind of odd, huh? Like, she never has a pen with her. She doesn't care about writing stuff down. Like, she just, she does this for a job to buy shoes. I truly feel like that. She just does it because it affords her a lot of money and time, free time, to do this. how much money do you think she makes to buy all those clothing? Oh, I'm sure she's so deep in debt, it's not even funny. Oh, that would be I'm sure she is hilariously in debt. Hmm. Like, boys in the band in debt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of debt. It's a lot of, lot of debt. What a um, good movie, Boys in the Band. It was a good movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, go watch it. I loved it. Yeah, it's it's good. It took a little while to warm up, but it was good. Oh, like, really? I was God. so hooked. Really? Like, oh, this is so good. I just, I think it's because I've been involved in theater and I've been involved in movies and I know there's a different way of talking. And they were very much talking like they were on a stage for a while. Mm. And so I was like, ooh, guys. There's a there's a camera right there. You don't need to project so much. You don't need to do that. You're overacting for the camera. Okay, you pulled it back. Good job. <laughs> but they're good. Yeah. I know. I'm a critic. I know. But I know what it takes to put stuff like to put the effort into this. So I'm always gonna be that obnoxious person. Well, it was an adaptation of a play, so mm-hmm. close enough. But yeah, so while uh, Charlotte is gathering her letter of recommendation from Carrie, sees a laptop, Big decides to call Carrie, taking his shot, which, cute. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte intercepts the phone call and tells Mr. Big, I'm assuming, to meet them for brunch. Yeah. So Mr. Big meets up with the girls. That was the next scene. I, I do love that, that she's explaining to the girls. She was like, and her laptop was just sitting right there. Like, even she knows yeah. that this is a crazy thing to do. And wouldn't, even if you're not a writer, wouldn't you want to write down all the experiences that you were having in Paris? Or yeah, like it didn't really make something? any sense. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't connect for me. 
I think she would have taken it with her no matter what. Or actually just put it away. Like, you just left it in the middle of your bed, and you're going to be gone an indefinite amount of time. Right. It's going to be out. It's going to get dusty. It's it's weird. It was weird. It's just a weird way to show that, like, she didn't give a shit about herself anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a little too obvious of a thing. Totally. So, um, so yeah. So, Carrie invites Big to lunch with the girls. Um... Samantha gives him a super hard time and he's like, no, 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 I get it. I understand. I was a huge dick. I was a complete dick. I don't deserve her. I understand. That being said, if there's any chance that I have with her, let me know and I'll be on the next flight to Paris. I will walk the streets until I find her. Mm. But if you really think that she's happy, I will leave her alone forever. Yeah. And then Miranda says in her really famous line, after some pandering, Yes, go, go get our, our girl. girl. I loved it. That is, like, one of the most iconic lines, I think, of the entire show. Yeah. I will also say I loved Mr. Big in that scene. He was so sweet. You know, a man is only lucky to come in fourth after the three of you because the three of you are the loves of her life. And I was like, yeah, you Correct. know your spot. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And, it, like, he really truly has changed, and I hate that the show never lets us see what happened to make him understand that he wants to be with her. Yeah. Like, that part always makes me a little bit pissed off, because in the next episode where they are, like, reunited, he never explains that it's just this fairy tale ending. Yeah. And that would be interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, I want to know because he's just in... He's had his angioplasty. That was like a hundred years ago. And he's gone back to Napa. He's, he's doing his own he's thing. He's doing his own thing. He's not living in New York right now. So I want to know what changed his mind. But I think what actually changed his mind was the writers needed to just, you know, wrap up the series. Right. Did I, did I tell you? I just read... Midnight Sun. Oh, the Twilight yes, thing? from, like, the Twilight from Edward's perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it was horrible. Do not waste any of your time. <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> they had the first, uh, the first chapter online a million years ago oh, yeah. of that, and I read it, and I was like, actually, this is more interesting than Bella's perspective. But I couldn't help but read it because I wanted to know what his perspective was. Could you imagine there was, like, a spinoff, like, Big in the City? I want to see that. I want to see how he operates. I want to see how he spends time alone in his house and he's cool with it. Yeah. Like, I want to see introvert big. It would be good to get his perspective. It would be nice to get his perspective. I would love that. I know. That's a spinoff we need. Darren, work on that. Big in the city. (laughs) Big in the city. I coined it. Producer credit. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Big in the city. But yeah, that is the end of part one yeah yeah which is our, our this is it man we have one more episode left we have one more episode left and that it is that is it for our entire series I and know. then you, we do years movies. in the making yeah then then we just have the movies and then We've rebrand and move on, which I haven't even thought about. I talked to one of my uh, artist friends yesterday, 
And he was just like, well, what do you have in mind for a new logo? I could help you out. And I'm like, buddy, I have no idea. (laughs) I am not ready for this to be over emotionally, spiritually, ethically, just not any of it. I'm like overcome with emotion. It's wild. Yeah. But we'll still be around. We'll just be in a different iteration. Um, you can email us at I couldn't help a podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please uh, listen next week for the very, very last episode. We finally reached it after five years. Yeah. Whoo! Crazy. I've only been a part of it for a few months, but my gosh, I can only imagine what it's going to feel like when it's done and yeah. done. Even this, like, even this episode, I, like, cried twice as much as I normally do at any normal episode. So I was just like, oh my god, I'm emotional. This is over. This is almost over. So yeah. it's it's nuts. One more to go. One more to go, you and guys. It's a, it's a good episode. I've seen it like a million times. Yeah, I think I've seen these last two episodes more than I've seen the rest of the series for sure. I think so too. Yeah. Whoo! I'm excited. So, any final thoughts on this one? No, no. I thought it was, you know, the, the only thing is really that Mr. Big is coming in and Homegirl, Carrie, I don't know where she's at. It was just such a weird episode. <laughs> she had to be so, like, counter to who she is as a character that I think it just felt very odd. Like, that's odd that yeah. this is the moment where you blow Big off. Mm hmm. It is weird. It's too weird. I don't like it. Yeah, it doesn't quite fit. Doesn't no. quite feel right. Right, especially since she has been she has cheated on her current relationship with him. Yeah. Like there's clearly a draw that happens with them. She's been the other woman. Yeah. So I don't uh, like it's just it's bad writing. Yeah. It's bad writing, that, and they just wanted to wrap everything up before it was over. I think it would make a little more sense to me if Alexander Petrovsky was a better partner and just not quite as good as Mr. Big. Like, that I can give. Mm-hmm. But you're leaving Mr. Big behind for a really shit man who pretty much deserts mm-hmm. you in Paris. Yeah, and you knew he was going to. Like, we all knew. Yeah. Miranda, your best friend, is telling you not to leave. I wonder if Miranda said I told you so moment. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either, but she deserves one. She deserves one for the entire series. Yeah. Because she is the most unproblematic, most real three-dimensional character in the entire show. She is. I would agree with that. So, yeah. Carrie, yeah. Carrie, Carrie. I can't wait for her. Ugh coming of age moment next episode where she finally gets back to her shit yeah oh it's gonna be super great and yeah so please tune in next week for the actual final episode not special episodes just regular episodes of this podcast we will be three chardonnays deep at that point and sloppy and it's gonna be great so i cannot wait for i cry I'm probably going to cry. We should get a second bottle. (laughs) We should get a second bottle. We're going to get a second bottle before we record that episode. So just you guys wait. Um, But yeah. So until next time, the final time, remember, always always wear wear a condom condom. and see a therapist. Yes, see a therapist. Bye. Bye.